And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my good friend Aaron Bandler. It's always a good time talking to Aaron. Uh, we talked about CPAC, which was uh, this past week. We talked about uh, former President Trump's first speech since leaving office. Uh, and we ended up uh, talking in depth about the, the future of the GOP and, and all the different factions kind of fighting for power and, and what Republicans should be doing moving forward. And we, we had a ton of other stuff that we wanted to get to, but we ran out of time. I apologize. I'll get to all that other stuff on, on Wednesday. Wednesday will definitely be a jam-packed show. Um, but yeah, I, I think you guys will enjoy my chat with Aaron today. Before I get to Aaron, guys, I want to say hi to our brand new sponsors over at Bulk Munitions. I'm so excited uh, to be working with this company. Um, you've heard me complaining for years on end at this point um, about ammo shortages. You know, I mean, it's hard to find just about anything on, on the shelves these days where you're looking for, for nine or or, or five, five, six, two, two, three, or whatever. Um, no more complaining. It's just not necessary because Bulk Munitions has you covered. They have a wide selection of nine, uh, two, two, three, five, five, six, or whatever else you need. 40, 45, 308, 12 gauge, 22, 380, 57, whatever you need. Bulk Munitions has in stock, ready to ship, uh, no back orders, and they don't sell it unless they have it ready to ship fast. Um, all orders ship within two business days, no more waiting around. Um, and, and I always enjoy working with companies that share the values that I put forth every Monday and Wednesday on this podcast. And Bulk Munitions is no different. They're they absolutely on the same page. Um, these folks started the company because while there are a number number of other decent online ammo retailers, those guys are looking out for their own interests. Um, the folks at Bulk Munitions want their work uh, to serve a higher purpose. That's why they give at least a minimum of 10% of their profits to Christian-based and Second Amendment-supporting nonprofits. They call it the Ammo Tithe, which I, which I absolutely love. And if that's not great enough, enough, Bulk Munitions is offering this audience a limited-time offer. The first 25 people to use the promo code TNGP21 will receive a free Blackhawk magazine case of your choice, either a soft-sided case for pistol mags or a hard-sided case for AR-15 mags. Uh, you get that, that case absolutely free with the promo code TNGP21 on all purchases over 100 bucks, uh, You can go to bulkmunitions.com slash TNGP um, to see the special offer once again. Uh, that is bulkmunitions.com slash TNGP. Uh, use the promo code TNGP21. Stock up your ammo box and get that free Blackhawk mag case on the house. And guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved with the show, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my brother Aaron Bandler. Aaron, how you doing? Doing pretty good. How about you, sir? I'm doing just, just fantastic. Just living the dream here in Toledo, Ohio. Um, Aaron, it's officially been March 2020 for a full calendar year. I mean, it, can, I, I can't even begin to explain that. It's I. It's still March 2020, and I don't know when March 2020 is going to end. I just can't. And I've, I've I've said this a million times since then, but like 
on my year in review show, the last show of 2020, I my my biggest mistake of the year is something I said like in March, late March last year that the American people wouldn't put up with these lockdowns and stuff for more than a couple weeks <laughs> and just how horrifically wrong I was on that. But like just a year later, man, can you believe that government did this to us for a year? I, I, I still can't believe it. Like it, it's been a full, it's, it's, it's 15 weeks to stop the spread has turned into a year and no one inside. It's, it's honestly really depressing because yeah. I, I never in a million years would, would have thought that, American people would just kind of like sit down and take these lockdowns and look, I mean, in some States they haven't Florida, for instance, is just about back to normal right now. And, and, and they're doing pretty okay. Um, you know, South Dakota, same thing, but like here in California, uh, it's people are largely okay with, 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 with lockdowns. I, I, I don't think they like Newsom's hypocrisy. Or even Pelosi's to an extent, but a lot of people are just okay with government trampling on their rights in the name of public health and safety, and it's really concerning. Yeah. Because the precedent this sets, like what hap- what happens after the- after COVID's over? What's going to happen when we have bad flu seasons? Like, uh, are we going to start locking things down and being forced to wear masks and social distance whenever there's a bad flu season? Yeah, I mean like, they're going to try. I I have to assume they're going to try. I have to assume yeah. they're going to try. I mean, if they, they got away with it this time, I mean, I think you're going to see a pandemic a year or every every couple of years. I mean, I think every novel virus is going to be treated like this. You know, like, you know, when we had the swine flu, like I, I got the swine flu back in the day. What was that? 2008? Oh, yeah. 2009. 2009, yeah. And like, you know, it was bad. Me and all my friends got it. And, you know, we were fine. But I think everything like that is going to be treated like this. Lock down the economy, make people wear masks and stuff like that. I think, man, I I just think that Republican state legislatures need to be proactive. Um, Like right now, they need to start passing laws, stripping um, governors of of authority to lock down the economy. Even, you know, passing laws saying that governors could be punished if they try. They could be removed from office for trying to lock down the economy, stuff like that. I, yeah. I just really think conservatives, libertarians, just Republicans generally, on that state and local level, need to be proactive legally to make sure this doesn't happen again. I agree. And, and, and I would go a state further. I would go, excuse me, I, I would go a step further and say that state legislatures should strip the powers of local governments too. Yeah, uh, of, of, of doing that because, like here in LA, it's 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 a county board decision, um, to to shut down the economy. Like the the city itself can't even do anything about it. The county the county board, like I, I think the most recent lockdown here, um, it was it was like a three two decision to completely ban outdoor dining and outdoor dining back now, thankfully. Outdoor dining. But, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Yeah, no, I know. Even though, like, there's there's no evidence to no. show. That the outdoor dining is a major transmission um, factor for COVID, um, and in fact, like in court, the LA County Board didn't have any evidence to prove that uh, that it was a major factor of transmission. They just did it because reasons, <laughs> because yeah. reasons, and 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 yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think you're probably right that there's going to be like a, a pandemic a year. To, to lock down the economy, to force people to wear masks, etc. And then it's like, what if they start? What, what, what if the Democrats start claiming that gun violence is is a public health emergency? 
or climate change is public health emergency. Yeah, I mean, the precedent has been set for major violations of our liberties through, yeah. through government fiat. And, you know, and I, while I like, I would like to think that post-COVID America is going to be, you know, largely back to the way it was, I, I think there's no... I think now that this Pandora's box has been opened, that there, there's there's no going back. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I I'm honestly really concerned about about about, about the, the future of our country. Yeah, I mean, it it's it's because the left is getting what they want. I mean, we've seen the the yeah. largest growth of government since the 1930s. You know, since since the New Deal. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen the the largest increase in spending ever. I mean, we've we've printed what is it four four and a half trillion out of nowhere in the last year. I mean, we're talking yeah. about spending on, on levels that we've never seen before. And, you know, the government's about to spend another couple trillion. You know, I don't think this this uh, this bill, the, the House passed, is going to pass the Senate. But they'll agree on something egregious. <laughs> they'll, they'll agree on something insane. Oh, yeah. No, you know what I mean? It's still going to be some ginormous trillion-dollar bill. And, look, I, I'm i I'm really concerned that inflation is in our future. Like, you, you, you can't keep spending all this money without there being consequences. As, as Mark Levin likes to, likes to say, the, the law of economics eventually catches up with the law of politics. And, yeah. and basic economics will tell you that the more money you spend, the, the more it's going to depress its value. That, that's, how you, that, that's how you get like Weimar Republic type stuff, where, where, where you have people like, have, where you had people wheeling around wheelbarrows full of cash. Um, Look, I, I'm not saying we're going to turn into the Weimar Republic, but what I am saying is that in, inflationary spirals are are very, very bad for the for for, for for the economy. Not not just because like the cost of living goes up, but also people's savings, you know, people's 401ks and and, and livelihoods all of a sudden become worthless, and that's that is how you you eventually get to government breakdown. And especially if we default on our debt, which could happen if interest rates start to rise, which they will have to. They will have if to. Inflation, if, yeah. if, if inflation goes up. Well, and mean, also, that's, that's, how, that's how you get societal breakdown, too. Yeah. And that never leads to anything good. Well, the thing is, I, I can't see a scenario where we don't see some major inflation this year. I mean, I just don't. It doesn't, I agree. The thing is, the Federal Reserve, the only reason why, you know, with all this deficit spending, we haven't seen much inflation is because the Federal Reserve has, you know, artificially suppressed interest rates for the last decade. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and Jerome Powell, yeah. the, the chairman of the Fed, would you know, he testified in front of Congress last week um, and said that, that, you know, inflation is going to be more volatile. Um, and immediately the the stock market tanked, <laughs> which is like I don't of know if course, you guys yeah. I don't know if you guys realize that the most powerful man on the planet is Jerome Powell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, I... he could literally crash. Here's a, just a side note: like I was just watching that him him testifying and, and watching the markets react, and it's like it, it's terrifying that if Jerome Powell just called a press conference and was honest with the American people about the actual state of the American economy. He would cl- crash the global economy in five seconds. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> you know what question. I mean? Like it would be, it would all be over. But it's like, the th- like the Fed. Well, the Federal Reserve shouldn't exist. But you know, oh, the, I agree. You know, suppressing the the artificially suppressing interest rates is supposed to be like the last bullet in the chamber for the Fed, like to avoid financial crisis. But they've been doing it in times of economic booms for the last decade. So it's like. 
I, I don't know. They they can't do that forever. They're going to have to raise rates eventually, and I don't know. A lot of people are going to get hurt. I it's I don't know. I don't. I see, agree. I, we printed so much money in the last year, and it's only going to get worse. I don't see how we avoid it. But I but, agree, and I, I think the Fed has been ignored for for, for too long, and I think that especially more so now. And, 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 and now that you have the populist right all focused, basically the populist right now has, has reached a point where they basically look down upon any sort of free market economic philosophy as being part of the quote unquote corporate GOP. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's how you get columns like, uh, like Pedro Gonzalez, for instance, arguing in Newsweek that there is a conservative case to be made for minimum wage. Insane. There is no conservative case to be made to, to, uh, for that. Or I say conservative case to be made for $15 minimum wage, uh, just to be more precise. Yeah, I mean, there I, is no conservative case for that. There, there no. is there is no economic case for that, period. Like, no. the minimum wage should be zero be, yes. because, because the minimum wage makes no economic sense. Um, you know why? Because guys like you and I, Aaron, what's our minimum wage? People that, that, that do what we do. Uh, zero. Zero, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> exactly. Um, and and so I'm sure, like with Federal Reserve, there's this populist under the shrug, like who cares? But they should care because because this is going to directly affect all of our futures. And look, when I was in college, which was like six, seven years ago, which is weird to think about, but but but, but when I was in college, I remember writing a paper for an econ class about this very topic with the Fed. And noting that it's essentially a ticking time bomb, and I think that's going to come to fruition now. Uh, well, not now, but but sooner than we realize, because yes, the Fed has been just doing this for for over well over a decade, and eventually you, you just can't keep printing all that money without there being consequences. And yeah. so I have long argued that the Fed at 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 the minimum, it needs to be audited. Yes. But personally, I think the Fed needs to be abolished altogether and replaced with uh, rules-based monetary thinking, um, like Taylor's Law. Yeah, the thing uh, is, where, where, the, the where, trouble, where, though, where, where, Aaron, it, it, the, trouble, yeah. the trouble with making this case um, to voters is like, well, one, the last you know president to actually cut spending in any real way was Calvin Coolidge. You know, who left office in 1928, so it's been a long, long time. But yeah. also, like, I, it, it's a tough sell because if you just ask a random person, I mean, just somebody who's not, you know, they vote, but they're not too politically engaged. They don't read a lot on all these these economic issues. Just And it's not by not a partisan thing. A Republican, Democrat, Independent doesn't matter. If you ask just a random person on the street, like, you know, why do you think, you know, the, the U.S. dollar is the global standard currency? They'd probably say, oh, well, because it's backed by gold. I mean, I, I bet a lot of, I, I don't bet, I know that most people don't even know that our currency isn't backed by gold and hasn't been since the 70s. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even think that's that's something that people take into consideration. They don't know what the Federal Reserve is or what the Federal Reserve is supposed to do. They, yeah. You know, it's just not in the American conscious. Like, it just nobody nobody talks about it, nobody thinks about it, nobody really mm-hmm. writes about it. Like, it's just a tough sell, man. And that's why, like, you know, it was so amazing, you know, on the libertarian side with uh, a guy like Ron Paul back in 08 and 2012. Like, he had, like, young college kids chanting, end the Fed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can you can disagree with as much as you want with, with Ron Paul, but, like, he actually communicated that, 
you know, fiscally conservative message in a way that I don't, you know, nobody's been able to recreate since. And we're going to need somebody. I mean, somebody's going to have to come along and, and educate the American public, get this back into the collective consciousness of, of the voters or or we're going to run out of time. I mean, we are going to run out of time pretty quick, I think. Well, uh, unfortunately, Ron Paul really isn't the right uh, messenger for. I mean, he's that ninety. Of, for that he's, he's, he's ninety. So. Well, I'm not talking about age. I, I mean, it's just uh, he's got a, he's got a lot of nutty views and, 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 a, and kind of a sketchy past. So, um, I, 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 I'm all in favor of calling for fiscal responsibility and so forth. I, I just don't think Ron Paul is the type of guy to really be the spokesperson for that case. But yeah, I, I'm um, not but, even but, getting but, into but, that. I'm but, just saying, like, we need, you know. He was able to to you know make that a, a campaign issue, you know, like end the. He was selling T-shirts that said "End the Fed" on it for his campaign. So it's like it's going to take something like that, and then it's going to take the Republican Party and the uh, the mechanisms they have in place. And that that's why. And we don't really need to get into this because uh, no new news has really broken on this front. But you you mentioned the populists within the Republican Party. You know, like Pedro Gonzalez <laughs> making the case for a fifteen dollar minimum wage. It's like. The fight over the heart of the GOP is infinitely important because if the populists take control of the party and there's no American political party with any semblance of any kind of fiscal responsibility, I don't know how we come back from that. Like it is it is extraordinarily important that the GOP comes back to their senses on on economics, uh, you know, and right. I mean, like like anything else, there has to there has to be a balance because. I, I, I generally sympathize with the attitude of of, of of the populist right. It's just the whole idea of the anger of being ignored by the establishment for for too long, uh, and the so, and the corporate GOP. I I, I, I get it, um, and I, I I find myself aligning with the populist right when it comes to like immigration and criminal justice issues. But when it comes to like economics and foreign policy, that that, that that's that that's where they lose me. Um, and so I, I think there has to be a way. The, pro- the problem, but uh, this is always this is a problem in the GOP. But um, the GOP has always been divided. And normally, like it really until Trump came along, it was always like between the Reaganite wing and the Bush establishment wing. And now it's kind of like it. And and then the libertarians is like a small faction. Sorry, Brady, but uh, but, but, yeah, but, but yeah, now yeah, it's yeah. But, but but now it, it's 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 a conflict between the Bush wing, the Reagan wing, and now I guess the Trump wing. But but, but even a lot of populists don't like Trump very much. Yeah, I think so the, it, the Trump wing is split. Like I I think, and this is what like a lot of never Trumpers don't understand. Like the the Trump wing of the Republican Party is split between all those different groups. You know, like, because I, I think, yeah. and I've talked about this before, I think the party is split four ways. The conservatives, the libertarians, the populists, and the establishment. And the thing is, there's there's this, there's people in all four of those groups that really like Trump. So it's not like it's just the populists that like Trump or just the conservatives or just the establishment. Like, it's it's kind of split. I don't think, like, Trump isn't one of those four factions. He's kind of just a, a mixture of, of all of them. And I think we need to stop thinking about the future of the Republican Party as in, like, super MAGA or, like, anti-Trump or whatever, because I think that's just missing the point. Like, I don't think that's the divide at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of too black and white to look at it that way. But what I will say is that I I maintain that that DeSantis is the guy that, that can bring all those factors together. Because, I agree. 
Agreed. Because it, it, I, and look, this is only anecdotally, but but just I, I've been on Twitter since 2012, um, and what I've seen a lot of like warring factions play out on Twitter between various conservative and right wing pundits, etc., about all these different candidates. I've never seen somebody unanimously liked among all these different polemic conservative polemics online like 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 Ron DeSantis it ha- like Ron DeSantis like moderates Trumpers like everybody seems to, it, 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 the pop the populace like they all love Ron DeSantis yep and you know and, and yeah I mean there, there, are, there are some hardcore Trumpers still who think that Trump is the guy um I I don't he's not though I don't think so he's not, no, <laughs> he's I, not. I agree. He's not. I'm sorry like he's not dude I get so much grief Anytime I say that, but it's just the truth, and we can. No, I, I agree with you. And and real quick on that, I want to stay on that on that topic. But you know, President Trump uh, gave a speech at CPAC yesterday. It was his first speech since leaving the White House, and I, I just I caught the highlights. I didn't watch it live, and I know you haven't you haven't watched it yet, so you'll be reacting live to whatever I say. I could just make stuff up. You wouldn't know, <laughs> <laughs> but like it was fine. It was a Trump speech. He didn't say anything yeah. ridiculous, you know. Um, you know, he didn't say he's running again, which is good. With just side note. If he came out yesterday, I swear, if he came out yesterday and was like, I'm running for president again, dude, I'm glad he didn't because we need a break. I need a break. You need a break. We deserve a break. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. We need a breather. Is it, It's not too much to ask for a little bit of a breather. But, you know, Trump did mention that he's raising money for Republican candidates. And uh, he basically, his uh, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but his campaign website is basically a pack uh, just raising money for Republican candidates. I think that's great. I, I think that's great. I agree. I and, agree. If, if he, if he has to make sure that he uses that money on the right candidates, because if, if because really there needs to be a challenge. I think the main folk, and obviously we got to win both. The Republicans have to win both houses of Congress in in twenty twenty two. But there has to be a focus on, on trying to unseat Mitch McConnell in the Senate, and that's not going to happen in twenty twenty two. No. But 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 there there can be. Um, a chance to start getting there by backing the right, the right candidates who are willing to challenge McConnell's power, and Trump, I think, is, is of course, dating back to the Tea Party days, there there have been various efforts to do that, and that's how you you got like Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, um, but but yeah, for and each, also like the, the, Ted, the, but, but, but for each Ted Cruz and Mike Lee, Rand Paul, like there's there's also Marco Rubio that that ran on a Tea Party platform and that has just on full establishment and and so that's the and the, that's a challenge is trying to find somebody who despite all the pressure is not going to get sucked in to the, the swamp mindset and and i and because trump has so much star power not just in the republican party but in general like he's in a unique position to be a kingmaker for for the gop going forward and so if he's able to get behind the right candidates to challenge Mitch mcconnell's power then Maybe maybe we can actually really start to see some progress, and roll and rolling back the swamp in D.C. You're, um, you you're, know, but he ha- he has to he has to use his resources and star power responsibly, and you know, unfortunately, he doesn't, doesn't have the best track record record with that. I mean, just look at Tommy Tuberville yeah. in Alabama over over Jeff Sessions. Like, I, I, I get why Trump was miffed at Sessions, but Sessions was by far the better candidate over, over Tuberville. Like, I'm sorry, but Tuberville's kind of an idiot. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know. I still, even after the election, I still don't know much about Tommy Tuberville. He doesn't, you know, he's just kind of a, 
he's just there. Like I don't really know what he stands for or anything. But like the thing is, and this is I'm I'm terrified. Obviously, yeah, Marco Rubio, Rubio, he runs as a Tea Party guy, and he turns out to be a, a moderate, you know, centrist, um, you know, and that's annoying. And that you know, we get we need to vet candidates better than that, obviously. But like on the other side too, it's like. You know, uh, yeah, you get a Ted Cruz, you get a Mike Lee, all these superstars in the, in, you know, Rand Paul and all these guys in the Tea Party movement. And, and then you get your your Mark Rubio's, but you also get your Michelle Bachman's. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you get and and Trump is he's susceptible. Like, that's the thing. Look, all you Trump, I know all you guys voted for Trump. I get it. I voted for Trump, too. Twice. OK, I get it. But he will literally endorse anybody who says nice things about him. Okay, like who's yeah. the who's the idiot? The guy who's the guy? The kid in the wheelchair? I think he's from South Carolina. Oh, Madison Cawthorn. Like this guy, this guy. Come on, the dude doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. I mean, the, he doesn't know anything about the job he was elected to do. He doesn't know anything. Okay, you get you get Kim Klasick, who was on my podcast. She was on my podcast. Okay, I'm part of the problem here. Okay, I fell for it. You get you get Kim Klasick. <laughs> wasting tens of millions of dollars that should have gone to other candidates, not tens of millions, but yeah. over a million dollars that should have gone to other candidates. And then she says a whole bunch of, like, ridiculous anti-Semitic stuff on Twitter, and then she just, you know, lays bare for the world to see that she absolutely knows nothing about anything, okay? So it's like, I'm I'm more, I'm less worried about people turning into swamp creatures than people turning into, like, legitimate idiots that, like, hurt the credibility of the Republican yeah, Party. You know I, what I mean? That, 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 that's a valid point. I, I would also throw Marjorie Taylor Greene to that, too. I, oh, yeah, I, forgot I, I about her. I, yeah, that's Jewish I, space lasers, which, by the way, yeah, you're, I mean, you're really I, holding I, out on me with those space lasers, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just, just, just revving it up, you know? But, um, but yeah, I mean, and I know a lot of people on the Trump right like her, I, I guess because she fights, so, so to speak, and you know, hey, I, I, I'm anybody all in favor can of, fight. Of, I, I just anybody, don't, can, anybody, man, yeah. that doesn't. Any, I, I can go fight. What you can say whatever you want on Twitter. You can run your mouth about anything. That's not fighting for the sake of fighting means nothing. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, for sure. That's and, Don and, Quixote and, and, swinging and, and, at windmills. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, for sure. And and it absolutely is damaging to the credibility of of the right when you have Marjorie Taylor Greene sort of like filling each one, checking off each of the media's. Uh, you know stereotypes of 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 Republicans as like these conspiracy racist conspiracy theorists, um, and, uh, and 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 obviously like just in general there shouldn't uh, nobody who thinks that there are Jewish space lasers should be elected <laughs> to any form of government, not even dog catcher. So um, I mean, just like imagine years ago, you you know your future self going back in time and telling your past self that you'd say that line on a podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> even like two years ago, like I, I can't even, uh, I, yeah, it, it would be a total, it would be like, I was like, what? Like, I can't be, I can't be right. But I mean, <laughs> such is March, 2020, which is, which, which is continued for, for a yeah. year. It's just mad libs, man. It's just mad libs. Just it really is. Words yeah. in a random order. And yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. And like, I, I I'm glad I'm encouraged that Trump didn't say anything totally ridiculous during his CPAC speech, you know. But like CPAC this year was it was just the Trump show, you know. Like it was just yeah. Trump fans and 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 everything. I, I don't know if that's necessarily beneficial to the republic or conservatism or the right or the Republican Party or anything. But like I, I like that Trump is kind of entering that role as kingmaker. You know, it, I think it's unlikely that he runs again. He'll be 78 in 2024. You know what I mean? And why? Like why would he even want to? Um, but like, 
it's normal. Like, it's completely normal for him to be kingmaker, right? Like, he's the most recent Republican president. He just lost a close election. He got 75 million votes. Like, he's going to be popular for a while. That's fine. I, I just hope... I'm worried about... We just mentioned, you know, electorally what we're worried about moving forward. But, like, on that point, Trump is such a big personality, and he's such a self-centered dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? He really yeah. likes talking about himself. The GOP, especially when you take one on the chin like we just took, it, both houses of Congress and the White House, like we need to be promoting the bench, highlighting the bench. You know what I mean? Because we have some great people. You mentioned Ron DeSantis. I think he's the man going forward. We have Christy Nome. We have you know some yeah. other rising superstars on the right. And I hope Trump doesn't. You know, I, I, I'm encouraged that he's raising money for other candidates. I'm encouraged that he's you know he started that pack and everything. I, I hopefully hopefully that's a sign of things to come. But like I just hope he doesn't take up all the oxygen in the room. You know what I mean? I, I guess that's something yeah. I'm, I'm afraid of. And then on the other side, on the other side, I mean, if you think Trump is self-centered, if you think CPAC was the Trump show, look at the never Trump right. I mean, Adam Kinzinger, the, the never Trump oh, Republican, okay. where is he from? Illinois, I think. He, he launched yeah. a PAC over the weekend specifically to raise money for anti-Trump Republicans. It's like, bro, you're just as obsessed with Trump as the MAGA folks. <laughs> like, let it go. Like, yeah, it's it's it, it, it's it's the Lincoln Project syndrome. I mean, aside from all the sketchy John Weaver shit, <laughs> it, it's 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 which is which is obviously which is horrible. That yeah. is just beyond awful. Um, but 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 the point I'm trying to make is that there are some people who are grifters, like the Lincoln Project, obviously, and Adam Kinzinger, who need to who basically made a name for themselves by bashing Trump, and without Trump, they are irrelevant. But and so, that's and the thing. So that's like, why they yeah. with Adam Kinsinger, like, what's this constituency? Like, what is he? Well, trying, I mean, like, he, he's he's in a blue state. Yeah, but I like he's in a red district in a blue state. You know, he he wins by well, comfortable okay, margin. Yeah. yeah, but like, who benefits from this besides the Democrats? You know what I mean? Like, Just, I, like, uh, what, uh, what's the uh, goal Adam here? gets his gets his time in the media. Um, on CNN, you know, the Washington Post, etc., you know, get, get, getting adoring coverage because he's willing to 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 to, to call out Trump, a brave Republican, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to is, is that Republicans who who criticize other Republicans have always gotten, you know, the, the adoring media treatment until they don't. John McCain, you know, God rest his soul, but but he he was. A good example of that, you know, he was the media loved him until they didn't in 2008. We ran against Obama, and then they called him a racist bigot. Yeah, and the, um, but the thing, but the thing is, watching the John McCain roller coaster should have taught every Republican a lesson, and they refused to learn these lessons. I mean, like they loved John McCain in 2000 because they hated George Bush. They called George, yeah. George Bush a racist cowboy from Texas and always oh, dangerous and everything else. And John McCain, he's great because he's the lefty Republican. He's the maverick. He, he bucks his party and everything else. You know, he'd fight with, you know, Bob Dole back in the day and you know, everything. And and then he, you know, he wins the nomination. And oh, and they love him in the primaries in 2008. You know, yeah. they love him. Oh, he's the ma- Oh, yeah. he's great. See, he's the reasonable Republican. And then he wins the nomination and he's Adolf Hitler. He's Adolf yeah. Hitler for a year. He's a racist because he's running against a black guy. And then uh, he loses, and then he says some nice things about Obama, and then they like him again. Oh, he's the maverick again. 
And then he votes to advance the Obama, you know, the, the bill that would have killed Obamacare. Oh, he's Adolf Hitler. He's the worst. He's a racist. And then he votes not to to, to cancel Obamacare. Oh, he's, he's the map. It's like, guys, come on. Like, what do you do? The, the fact that a lot of Republicans, the Mitt Romneys of the world, you know, the, the fact that these people don't see the game, they, they, they can't they can't help themselves. They can't. They cannot bring themselves to just not play the Democrats game. And it's it's sad. It's like, dude. It, it is sad. And I, I think it, I think it really just comes down to the swamp mindset in D.C. I mean, having been three summers in D.C., it is very easily to get uh, caught up in the sort of D.C. swamp mindset there. Like, it really is a bubble. And when you're in that bubble, is like you, you just don't think about anything else other than just being a part of the bubble and going to all of these, like, cocktail parties, et cetera, you know, inside baseball um, and a lot of Republicans get caught up in that mindset. Uh, I mean, that's not, that's, not, that's not to say some of them are, are you know, maybe genuinely thinking of doing the right thing. Like maybe John McCain thought he was doing the right thing. Maybe Mitt Romney thought he was doing the right, he's doing the right thing. I, I don't know. Um, but, but, but the point being is, is the fact that when you're in DC, it's, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in, in the swap mindset. And, you know, and that's why I have always thought that the real way to really push back on it is from outside DC through through things like the Mission of States that 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 really forced federal government to really curb back on its power because I don't think I, I unfortunately I, I think trying to fix the problem from within DC is, is is a losing battle unfortunately yeah I agree and it's it's just funny man like I just keep going back to the fact that now is not the time for infighting in the GOP like I agree. Because Trump, Trump took a shot at Mitch McConnell at CPAC, and then at the same time, Adam Kingzinger is on you know, MSNBC or CNN or whatever taking shots at Trump. It's like, do you guys think that we have the White House, every state house, and both houses of Congress with supermajorities? Look around, man. Yeah. <laughs> we have no power at all on the federal level. Okay, we're, we're, we're just literally hoping and praying Joe Manchin doesn't end the republic. Okay, like that's what we're doing right now. Like, and Chris and Cinema. Yeah, oh, and Chris and Cinema. Yeah. Um, like, dude. By the way, we should just can we trade those two for like a couple of our the guys we don't like on our side? That'd be terrific. Cin- yeah, like, we 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 could get the Romney and Susan Collins. Cinema for uh for Romney, who says no? Yeah, all in favor. Yeah, but uh, like all these in you know all these punching right fights that we do all the time <laughs> like i'm fine with it if we had like 65 republican senators and and a big majority yeah. in the house like i think there is time like i don't like any like the the wacko ma- the wacky maga people the the what's her name uh, freaking space lasers marjorie taylor green i i can't yeah. stand these people i mean i think they're in madison cawthorn these people are idiots and i can't stand susan collins and mitt romney and all the i think they're idiots too just on the other side of the coin but it's like guys we <laughs> I mean, what what are you gonna do? Primary Mitch McConnell right now? Really? That's really. And then Adam on the other side, Adam Kinzinger. You know, you're trying to discredit a guy that just got 75 million votes, the second most votes a presidential candidate's ever gotten in the history of the country. It's like, what? Why? Like, what are you people on both sides accomplishing? Like, I I don't. I, I mean, Chuck Schumer loves it. Joe Biden loves it if he is aware of what's going on. Surely Kamala yeah. Harris loves it. You know what I mean? But I, I don't understand if you're being effective to, to further the cause of individual liberty. Like, my goodness, can we just can it until we have some leg to stand on? My goodness. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, it does feel like the Republican Party is more divided than ever before. Um, and and certainly, like, the election losses have, and a lot of talking about both the presidency and the Senate, have, have really exacerbated that divide. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that's, I mean, that, that's, that's why there needs to be candidates, there needs to be, uni- there needs to be unity candidates, basically, who can unite all factions of the party, and that's tough to do. But so far, it's the only guy who could really do it is DeSantis. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say that if you didn't. <laughs> Ron DeSantis is the guy. Every time I hear that guy talk, I'm like, oh, man, he's so good. He's so good at beating down the press. He doesn't play their games at all. You know, obviously, he was great on COVID and everything else. Aaron. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, he sticks to his guns. Yeah, man. And uh, Big D. We need uh, we need Big <laughs> D DeSantis. Um, all right, so there's about a million other things I wanted to get to today, but I'm out of time. <laughs> Sorry, I have to cut it a little bit short today. Aaron, uh, before I let you go, where can everybody read your stuff and follow you and keep in touch and all that good stuff? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at FanlerSpanser. Um, you can also read my work on the Jewish Journal. Uh, you know, mainly right about anti-Semitism and anti-Israel stuff, which we didn't get to today, but hopefully in the future we can. Next time, I promise. Next time. All right. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.